exploring the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmith. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Cornhuskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis located in a nasty little Nebraska desert. The boys are back. The bye week is over. We're not having to worry about a Hawkeye-less weekend. I got to tell you, it was fun watching games, but it just a little, there's just a big piece missing when, you know, knowing the Hawks aren't on, it's just not as exciting. So um, we're going to get right on into it here. Um, I Exciting news. We have another sponsor that has joined our, um, <laughs> our team of sponsors. And uh, so this is going to be our week seven results. The, this sponsor reached out and wants to, wanted to, wanted to sponsor the, um, the results every week that Matt goes over. Matt's doing such a good job talking about the results and getting people excited that they want to hear it. So um, it's actually a plumbing company. Uh, so the uh, week seven results are brought to you by Duty Calls. Duty Calls, your local plumber. So in the area, du- Duty Calls. <laughs> so that is the newest sponsor. Are you guys excited about that? I'm excited. That's a good one, I think. I think that's it's nice to add to our portfolio of sponsors. So I think I got to take a break. Duty Calls. <laughs> Hey, it happens. Duty calls. If you have a plumbing emergency, reach out to duty calls. Okay. Um, And then their their motto is, it's our duty to clean your pipes. Duty calls. All right, guys. All right. The results from last week, Matt, I did. I think I did horrible. Uh, I don't know about all of you, but where do we end up? Uh, you and Marty actually got three out of five, right? I was only two out of five, so you did better than I did. Um, Marty's still leading the way at 61%. Okay. Uh, Kyle's at 52%. Adam's at 49% and I'm at 46%. So all of my work that I put into this and getting the results out to everybody has made me slip. In my picking ability, apparently. So uh, Kyle took Iowa having a bye week, literally. He took last week off, so had some uh, real estate things to tend to. Right. Um, Kyle took a bye week. Yeah, so that's okay. But Kyle, we, before we, we get into everything, because we want to – Brian Ferentz had the press conference this week that there, a lot of people have strong opinions on. If you haven't watched it, get on YouTube and look it up. Um but before we get into that, going through a bye week from a player's perspective, Kyle, um, what's the preparation look like there? Um, do you, is it mostly rest focus? Do you do a lot of film study? You know, do you get a week off? Um, how how does things change, and what's your mindset as a player? Well, <clears throat> my mindset as a player for uh, bye weeks, I, I hated them because I felt like, you know, you hit a stride. Whatever's happening in the season. Um, a lot of people think that it's a good time to kind of readjust and take a look at things. And, you know, you would think if you're doing poorly that you would take advantage of that extra week of prep. So in my mind, what I remember, you know, it was a, it was a good balance of rest, um, you know, still going kind of full throttle, preparing like we have a game, but then not having a game, obviously. And, you know, it's, it, it's tough when you incorporate all the uh, strength and conditioning, um, you know, keeping guys at peak, you know, peak shape. You don't want to take too much time off. Um, 
but, you know, hopefully this team is taking this time to just, you know, reassess the logistics of their operation. Um, I hope everything's well, you know, I just hope that they can come back, you know, stronger. Um, consider this like a second half of the season, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely, I, I don't think it can hurt. Definitely. Especially given the defensive break. Um it it just again like you said it's selfishly as a fan that comes up and you're like oh man i'm just not that excited about today as i normally am you know so it it, it was good though it's good for the defense to be able to do um did you guys get a chance uh to watch the brian ferentz press conference at all the air tuesday some of it yeah, yeah. Some, some of it of yeah it. you guys did okay so <laughs> I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what you thought from the answers or lack thereof of from what he said um if he doesn't run for political office after this, I would be surprised and not to be disrespectful, but he did not answer any questions at all. Uh, everything he talked, he talked around it. And w- when asked what the op- problem was on offense, he, he, he's like, I don't know if you know, tell me like essentially he had no clue where the problem lied. And one of my favorite quotes from the whole thing was when he was asked about why don't you guys at least try Padilla at quarterback just to see what kind of difference it could spark something for the team we're not going to make a change just for the sake of changing and well and the reporter said well Padilla is more mobile at least you know with offensive line struggles he can get out of the pocket and run and he went into well we're not going to turn this into a whole backyard football thing and you know a guy that can run out better and things like that it's like what and then he started talking about, you know, accuracy throwing down the field. And, you know, it just it, it went off in a rabbit hole where I'm just like I, I pulled myself out when I was listening. I'm like, wait, he's not he's just not even addressing the questions whatsoever. Uh, Matt, what did you think when, when you watched it? Yeah, it's it's irritating to see him dodge all the questions. It's irritating to see him not willing to make any change. Um any position on the entire team, you're getting pulled, you're getting benched if you mess up or aren't performing like you should. But apparently the quarterback position is a different story. Um, I agree with that reporter. If you have, you know, uh, offensive line that is struggling a little bit and you don't have as much time to throw the ball, how could a mobile quarterback not help in that situation? It's just, you're not turning it into a backyard football game. Padilla played last year and he played pretty well when he was in there. Yeah. I mean, I thought he, I thought he did well barring the half he was in, I think in the bowl game, he was, he had the flu that week and they still played him on that in that bowl game. And, and he struggled, but I think it was probably because of the flu hangover he had. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating to even hear that. Yeah. I hope in this bye week they were able to practice their routes and timing and get some things, you know, down and maybe get the offensive line in sync with each other. But you know, if nothing changes, then we're going to see the same results that yeah. we've seen all first part of the football season. I mean, you're going into Ohio State and you're not going to do anything. Yeah, well, it, it, this staff is uh, just doesn't have any urgency to make any changes. One, two, I think they're afraid to because they never have before. So you know that that's a, another huge thing. And you know, Marty, it's, I didn't know if you guys have heard this too, but the the Nebraska message boards are blowing up that Keegan Johnson's transferring. He's not going to probably play hardly at all the rest of the year, and that he's gone. So I don't know how much truth there is to that, but. Uh, there seems to be – usually when there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire somewhere. Um, Marty, what did you think of the press conference and, and everything that Brian had to say? Well, to me, he sounded like a guy that's trying to get through the next six games somehow, some way, without answering any questions. Uh, I, I absolutely believe Brian Ferentz has six games to go, and he won't be a Hawkeye after that. I think yeah. uh, Kirk is not going to fire his son. I think it's going to be an amicable – separation it's going to be a win-win type of thing where brian finds another job somewhere or you know i i just think it's he's just trying to get through the season and and i he didn't answer because i don't think he has the answers he's not an offensive coordinator i don't think he has the answers he doesn't 
he's not a problem solver. You know, yeah. he, he, he inherited this job and, you know, I, I just don't think he's long, long for the Hawkeye world. Yeah. Kyle, uh, what are your thoughts? You know, you're a little bit closer to the situation because you've known Brian personally and had a, had a relationship with him, but what were your thoughts from that press conference? Um, well, I actually agree with Marty, but uh, with pretty much everything, I, I think that he, you know, he's obviously very passionate about the Hawkeyes and, and his position and what he's in you know, what he's, uh, what he's doing. And, um, but, uh, you know, he, um, you never really know, again, like I've said it before, what, what's going on behind the scenes. But also it looked to me like he didn't really know, like when he was asked by the reporter, what do you think, you know, the problem is or whatever. You know, yeah. there are many questions like that. And I don't know. Do you know? And, you know, that was him sarcastically being media trained too. you know, to kind yeah. of uh, twist things around. I mean, those guys, dude, they, they go through all that training. We had to go through a little bit of it some coaching so you don't say the wrong thing but you know i do know that they iowa football the coaching staff there <clears throat> they were very when i when i was there they were very um you know tell the media one thing we're going to do what we do here behind closed doors not necessarily lying or hiding just like kind of deflecting you know not letting it distract us um so that's what I sensed, you know, and it's, it's tough for me to see Brian in this position because again, he blocked for my field goals, you know, like yeah. I played with him and I love him, you know, but uh, at the same time, I understand. And he de definitely understands the predicament that he's in and the position. Um, I just hope everything gets back to normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Matt and I've met Brian on multiple occasions and man, he's a great guy. He, is he, a great guy. he was so cool and so nice. And I'm just like, I told Matt, like, after we met him, I'm like, I just felt like we were talking to a future head coach. Like, mm -hmm. he just, he was polished. He was just very genuine, made eye contact with you. One of those guys that when he's talking to you, makes you feel like you're the most important person in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I, I know it's not fun for myself or for Matt. I can speak for Matt on this to see him failing and struggling because he's, you know, you see guys like that that you really like as a human and as a really cool person, you'll want him to do well. And not only that, but, you know, you're the offensive coordinator for our favorite program. So we desperately want to see you do well. And, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is if he, was, he would have done well, I don't think any of us would have had any problem whatsoever with him eventually becoming the head coach and showing, you know, that he's capable of doing that. But, you know, it just it hasn't worked out. It's not to say that he's not a good coach, but he just, you know, either hasn't been put in a position where he can succeed or being a coordinator is just not for him, which, you know, doesn't even make, necessarily mean you're not a good coach either. You might just not be a great play caller. So, but, um, you know, and one thing, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this too, um, you know, especially you, Marty, um, Somebody brought this up to me and that has a, um, just some connections to the program and, and said that, uh, you know, with Coach Doyle even, you can see a major difference on that offensive line. He used to work with that offensive line a lot. And, if you, and then the person said, have you noticed that when he left, the offensive line took a severe dip and has not come back from it at all? And, and, and on top of it, missing Dylan Doyle, you see, you see his son, Dylan, Doyle killing it at Baylor. I mean, he is having – that kid can play. I mean, he, he they call him their Swiss Army knife. They use him all over the field. He's an amazing football player. So, Marty, I want to know if you, what you think from the situation, from being a fan for so many years, with your experience as a fan, do you think Coach Doyle being gone is hugely affecting this offensive line, or have we just not had great coaching there? I think it absolutely is. Uh you know, I think you, you can tell they're not as strong. Um, uh, they're getting tired. They're getting tired. And really, they shouldn't be getting tired because they're not out there that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're out there 3-0 and and sitting back down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Doyle, I think he was, uh, he was a great coach. Yeah. Um, and, and you heard uh, during the whole controversial part of that when he, when he left, um, you heard he was, he was tough. The players all said that he was tough. Didn't matter whether you were white or black. You, he was tough on everybody. Yeah. So, you know, Kyle's I'm got sure. stories. Yeah. Yes, I do. I'm sure he does. Oh. 
And the majority of everybody I talk to, I would say, I'd say from who I've talked to is a hundred percent lines exactly up with what Kyle said. I've talked to a ton of former players that we've interviewed on this podcast and most of them, they'll, they'll say how they feel on the podcast, but when they get off, you know, and that's why we're never going to name any names ever um, because, you know, we don't want those guys to always trust us and they put trust in us to, you know, come on, tell us how they feel and things like that. But they all said the same thing with coach Doyle. He was tough. He made them the man he was that they were. He, you know, he just broke them and built them back up into a stronger, more resilient person. And that football team just is not as tough since he's left. And I think you can notice it, Kyle. Well, what are your thoughts? And I mean, we're totally cool if you throw in a Coach Doyle story here because they're always phenomenal. But yeah. what do you see? Uh, well, I could tell those stories, but they they involve you know language um, <laughs> but uh anyway yeah good times especially at 5 a.m in the morning i i, I signed up for uh, when you're a freshman it's mandatory zero five i don't know if it still is but it was mandatory 5 a.m uh workouts for you it was just to you know keep you on track get you used to the college schedule hey and uh as you progressed as a uh, upperclassman you got to pick your morning workout times and uh i stuck with 5 a.m the entire time all five yeah all Four and a half years. Jeez. Um, but sorry, go ahead. No, I say I, I couldn't even get up and go to a work at 5 a.m. yet go work out like that. Yeah. Well, I say this because uh, I was, I loved Coach Doyle, still love him. He, again, made me the guy I am today. Uh, you spend more time with your strength conditioning coach than you do any other coach. And, um, but uh, I, I've noticed, I've noticed a huge difference. I would go to those five a, and I was never I was late for I was never late for a workout. Um, um, number one, because I was uh, I saw this happen. So if you showed up late to a workout um, with Coach Doyle, uh, you, you had to do something called um, it's called push the wood. And you know the the old Jacobson Athletic Building, not the new place, but the old one. Um, you had to do twelve laps, so down and back. The old gym, I think, was about maybe five or six hundred feet wide. Mm. Um, down and back was one lap, and this was a four by four block of wood that you had to push in the bear crawl position against the friction of the of the rubber floor. Twelve <laughs> laps, and then do your workout. Jeez. It was either that. It was either that or a um, hundred. Um, Turkish get-ups with a 45-pound plate. What's a Turkish get-up? Because I've heard other players talk about that, and they said it's hell. You hold it above your head. You go down. Uh, you then do a sit up. You know all the way to your back. You some variations involve like a press when you're lying on your back, but then you sit up with it again, um, and you have to kind of like rock forward and use momentum to get to your feet, and then you press it above the head. Man, um, it's yeah, it's 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 a that that's a conditioning killer. Um, but <laughs> the first time I saw as a freshman someone pushing the wood and how devastating it was i mean they learned their lesson they were never late as soon as i saw that though as a freshman i was never late to any single every any workout ever that's you know, <laughs> my control yeah man. but uh coach Doyle, man he's yeah even the ray coach ray braithwaite the head coach right now i mean yeah. i had him i had him he was phenomenal too absolutely amazing coach he really is but doyle just had that energy man to like get that extra stuff out of you you, you know you hated it you hated to love him and you loved to hate him Tell us a little bit about that. The current strength and conditioning coach. What what kind of guy is he? Because we Ray? haven't heard. Yeah, we haven't heard much about Ray since he's taken over. Well, you know, it's again like with, with the Iowa way of just kind of, hey, let's let the outside kind of do their thing with it and beat this up. We're going to do our own thing here on the inside. Ray was with me when I was a when I was going through Iowa. He stayed with Coach Doyle for a long time. I think he then left and did a stint somewhere else and then came back. And, uh, you know, was his long, his longtime assistant. And I was really happy when um, he took over when Coach Doyle left because, you know, Coach Doyle, I mean, gosh, man, he built, you know, all these, all the, the success of all the teams as well as Coach Doyle built that new facility and that new weight room. And the first time I saw it, I was just blown away. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but Coach Ray, he's, uh, See, I, I had him, I got to see him going through his grad school. He was a graduate assistant 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to see him at his most shy stage where he was brand new, you know, didn't know how to instruct, didn't know how to, you know, it's kind of running a military, military operation this is, or, you know, workout, if you will. Um, you get, you know, anyway, I got to see him progress through that. And the fact that he's still there, I'm, I'm very happy that he's still there. But I just do, I just know that he doesn't have the same energy that Coach Doyle did. I mean, he, you know, yeah. his presence too. I mean, Coach Doyle is what six three, six four. At the time, guys, when I played, he was competing in strongman. He was well over three hundred thirty pounds. Yes. Hmm. Well, anyway. I just I find it ironic for the allegations that have come out with Coach Doyle that his assistant, who is now the head coach, who happens to be African American, is his best friend. Yeah. And comes and sta- stays with them all the time. They're, they hang out together. But why weren't these things ever talked about in the media when Coach Doyle is getting attacked? Well, you know, none of all these great things that he's done for people ever were mentioned. And if they were, then, you know, you were politically incorrect. He's done so many good things. But the thing about Coach Doyle, after talking to countless players and talking to you, Kyle, is he wasn't racist. He was an equal opportunity offender. I mean, he went after everybody the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna have to get you some WD 40 for that chair, Marty. Sounds like a haunted house door opening. (laughs) (laughs) Who says it's a chair? Eh, True, those are my knees. Your knees, some of me on this whole thing, too, with how good the defense is and how strong the defense is. You know, you kind of look at that and you're like, man, is it is it strength and conditioning or? Is it just how young the offensive line? I did see an article came out um, that we missed some players a few years back, some offensive linemen, and those yeah. misses, you know, maybe set us back on that offensive line. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that doesn't help if you know because of how good he was. Yeah, and that's so, a great that's a great point, Matt. And I I read that article too, but. You know, we've been saying we're young on the offensive line for the last three years. Yeah. And if that's yeah, the case, if, if, if that's the case, there's something called a transfer portal. Why we <laughs> refuse to bring in an right. upperclassman from get an upper experienced upperclassman that's grizzled from the Mac, you know, from the Mountain West or something like that. Bring right. them in and you know, bring in some experience that line. But hey, you know, we we don't we I used know that, to get JUCO transfers too. What I mean, go we don't after do that his, anymore either. Right. What happened to that? You could get an offensive lineman JUCO transfer, you know, to get that age, that senior presence. I don't know. I mean, there's so many tools out there to prevent that from happening, and just nothing got done. No, but again, I and I realize that he doesn't want to build his program from the transfer portal, and that's understandable. I, I get, get that. it. You yeah, want it to be organic either. and build them from the ground up, but there's little instances like a quarterback this year or offensive linemen where we're pretty thin and young. You know, maybe an extra wide receiver or two since we had some leave. Like maybe we could have got some from the transfer portal. So maybe I, I'm hoping they learn their lesson because. We all know Kirk's not going anywhere till he decides to leave. So I hope he learned a lesson. Probably not. He probably didn't learn a lesson. He's going to keep doing it his way because he has no reason to change. So, um, but I just wanted to let you guys know that you each for this next segment have been hired to be athletic director at the university of Iowa for a day. Okay. Follow me into this time portal. We're going to the end of the season. Kirk Ferentz has announced he's retiring. He's moving on. And you are, you're the athletic director at the university of Iowa. Now, who are you going to target? Okay. Who are you going to go after? Are you, you're, you don't get to hire some multi-million dollar selection committee. You're the athletic director and you're on your own. The Miller light delight who are going to be your top three candidates that you're going to bring into your office and you're going to woo them. You're going to wine them and dial it, dine them. You're going to bring them in and get them to sign on that dotted line. <laughs> who you get, who you getting Matt. All right. Um, I, my top candidate, I guess who I, I would think just because it would fit into the Hawkeye program and with them, you know, being tied into the Hawkeye program is Mark yeah. Stoops. Yeah, baby. Kentucky. I mean, the, the, the dude's killing it there. Um, yeah. And I, I just think with his ties 
to the SEC and those southern areas of recruiting and his, I don't know, his young demeanor. I just think that'd be an awesome fit for Iowa. And for those of you that don't know, Matt is super charismatic. And like, if he gets a, a drink in front of him and he's at a dinner with a client or anyone, <laughs> he's getting them. He's closing the deal. Right. So whoever he wants, he's going to get. All right. Who's, right. The next, who's the next one you got, Matt? All right. The next one I, I was looking at, uh, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Ooh, I never thought of that. You know, the dude in the past three seasons, he's 33 and five at Cincinnati. Yeah. What could he do at Iowa? I mean, what was Cincinnati before he got there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were all right, but they weren't what Luke Fickle's done to Cincinnati. I mean, they're joining the Big 12. They're making moves. They're winning games. They're playing tough opponents. They're, I mean, they wouldn't be joining the. They wouldn't be joining the Big 12 if he had no, no way. No. I mean, just what he's done to that program. It just shocks me. I mean, past three seasons, 33 and five. That's a hell of a record. That's unbelievable. Cincinnati. I mean, uh, yeah. So that'd be a that'd be one I'd be definitely interviewing for sure. And you then, guys better get ready. I don't know that you're going to be able to top this. This is pretty good. <laughs> and then my one that I would say, just because of the past performance at Iowa and what he's done year over year over year, Phil Parker. I mean, it's tough not to try to give him a shot. Yeah. I mean. What he's done with the defense, if he could just get a good offensive coordinator and let him fly, you know, Phil Parker, I think, would be a hell of a guy to get in there, too. So, well, Kyle, you have any experience around Phil? Uh, he, he, I was actually scared of him more than I was any other <laughs> coach. <laughs> maybe, maybe That's because- awesome. Well, you just you just avoided him, you know. Like he had his core groups of uh, you know the D backs, and I mean he, you know, like he really didn't talk to any other player unless uh, you know you he loved you for some reason. I, I don't know, but you know he was the one when I was being recruited. Uh, I remember coming up in the athletic building and uh, meeting him for the first time, and he pulls me in really close, and he just had that that like eagle eye like stare at my face he's like can you kick the ball in the end zone i'm like yeah i can i I can he was like good and then he just walked away didn't even introduce himself um didn't even say i didn't even catch his name at the time but you know anyway (laughs) he uh he he definitely has a presence he has a dominance too i mean he's super intelligent i've sat in on some of his meetings just because i was bored as a kicker (laughs) and uh you know it was just it was fun listening to him. You know, he made sense and he was very strict and ask anybody that played for him uh, specifically. Uh, he was a, a scary coach, man. All right, Matt. I'm in. All right, Marty. You got I'm not very good. At, I'm not very good at this one. So especially following <laughs> Especially so, following Matt now. So you're telling us that if you were AD for a day, they'd probably fire you. Probably. Okay. <laughs> After right. day one. Let's hear it, Marty. That's I go, I, I, Phil Parker, same reasons Matt had, you know, from, from an internal perspective. I think he's probably earned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with the different Stoops. I went with Bob Stoops. Okay. Um, yeah, he's in the XFL. Uh, he's he's going to be one of the eight coaches that are coming coming back to get that thing restarted in 2023. So I don't know what he's doing there after he was, you know, I don't know, Hall of Fame with Oklahoma. And so I think okay. uh, his, his uh, he played what, D-back? Uh, what did he play? At, uh, I, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the history, I think Bob Stoops. And I didn't know anybody else, so I just said Lincoln Riley. Whoa. Oh, he's he's going for the big dogs. Wow. Gonna, that's right. He's like, I'm going after Nick Saban next. What's he go? What's, what's he got at USC? Come on. Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful weather, you know, the beach, you know, millions of dollars, you know, probably living right on the water, but hey, come down. Yeah, but they cheat. Those guys cheat, just like Stanford. Did you ever um, watch that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, application, uh, that, that, Netflix special. Yeah, they cheated to get into USC and was it Cal Berkeley were the two big ones? Stanford. Stanford was the other one? Stanford's okay. still doing it today. 
still well. giving uh, you know these girls that have never been in a canoe, you know, <laughs> a canoe canoeing, scholarship, canoeing scholarships. It's stuff like this. So this is a conversation for another day, but it's all this crap uh, with you know everything else that's going on with higher education that makes almost getting a bachelor's degree anymore just like it, they rip the credibility right out of it. You know, for guys like us that, you know, I have student loan debt. I had to go to college like a real person and study. And mom and dad didn't write me a big check to get into school. Like I had to do it on my own. So, and I got the debt to prove it. So, all right, Kyle. Call it University of Spoiled Children for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an appropriate name for sure. So <laughs> there's not a lot of respect for that institution right now. And I can tell you, I've been there. it's all gated up and it's in a horrible part of Los Angeles. UCLA is a lot more beautiful of a campus than USC. So it's quite a bit different. If I was a recruit and the the bad thing though, that UCLA has is you got to drive 40 minutes to go play in their stadium at the Rose bowl. So that's what they have that they're working against. So Kyle, Mm -hmm. they've had the press conference and they announced you're the athletic director for one day. Kirk just retired you're sitting at your desk and you're going to have one of those um, delicious beers of yours. What's it called again? Always in your fridge. A little something, something, a little something, something. Okay. You're sipping on a little something, something. You got the pen. You're putting it to paper. Who are the three names you're going to put down? Well, I'm going to go with my first uh, um, internal hire. And I'd have to agree with Phil Parker for obvious reasons. Don't need to go over it again. Yeah. And then my, uh, I think it'd be really cool to see Bilema back here, dude. I think it'd be really cool. I think it'd be really cool. Oh, B squared. (laughs) Yeah. I think he Uh. would love it too. I think he'd embrace it. He was a great dude. Um, But uh, doing well at Illinois. I know he is. I know he is. Uh, Gosh, what was my other one? I had uh, I had one more, but I forgot what it was for for that. And then uh, promote. Yeah, have someone like Bilema or like I'd like to see like Jim Tressel. That's Jim Tressel. Oh man! You know, like make it this big media, like bring him out of—is he in jail or something? I don't know where he's at. No, he's not. <laughs> I think he's like the president at Kent State or something. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he's is he in bring jail? Out the vest. Get him! Get someone! Get him! He was—he was great. I, I liked him. He was a good guy. He was yeah. a good coach, he, and he was it was kind of—I mean, with this whole NIL deal. You know, now you look back at why he got fired from Ohio State. You wouldn't have today. Yeah. And he had that program role, and I—that's a good pick. I'm, I, I get you, Kyle. And then Absolutely. it was, you know, hire Jim Trussell, and then my entire, uh, uh, the entire uh, Ankeny uh, Centennial uh, football staff. Oh, <laughs> as, there you go. as assistants, as I as never would have thought of the old sweater vest coming back. Man, uh, that'd have been a good one. That's a good one. I never thought of that. Well, old Jim Trussell coming out of the woods. <laughs> All right. All right, Kyle, you get a little round of applause there. That was pretty damn good. All right. Well, none of you have aspirations like Marty going after Lincoln Riley, uh, one of the highest paid coaches in the country. So get your act together. You guys named off a lot. Some of the ones I was, so I picked a larger list. Cause I'm like, okay, if you guys pick one that I already have, I'm just going to eliminate it for mine and, and add another one. So I'm going to have some ones that are a little bit, a little bit off in the, uh, in the weeds a little bit here. Um, my my first one is uh, LeVar Woods, an internal promotion. Um, just everything I've read about him and heard about him, the intensity, the positiveness, running a program with that level of accountability and excitement and energy, it, it's attractive to young kids. And I just think that giving him giving him a shot and you, know, you think, oh, he, he hasn't been a coordinator. You don't have to have been a coordinator necessarily to be a head coach. Ryan Day was not a coordinator. He was a positions coach, but they saw something in him that was special. And he's done, done a damn good job at Ohio State. So um, LeVar Woods would be my my first internal promotion. I just think that if Phil wanted to be and, and that's w- within mind that if Phil doesn't want the job. I think we all know that if Phil Parker wanted, wanted the job, that would be his um, in his to, to, to decline. I just have a guess that he doesn't necessarily have aspirations to be a head coach. It would be very interesting, though, if he did. Um, my next one is Jamie Chadwell from Co- Coastal Carolina. Had a ton of ton of success there. Uh, up and coming coach. Um, he's been 
offered lots of jobs and has not jumped. He's waiting for that right gig, uh, the right one. I mean, he's six and one right now. Uh, they play in the Sun Belt, which we love to call the Fun Belt. Um, probably my favorite conference right now, other than the Big Ten. I love the Sun Belt. That is some fun football. If you get a chance to watch the Sun Belt, I think they're playing Thursday nights now. And then Wednesday night, Maction is back too. Mac football on Wednesday nights hmm. is, I think, coming back this week, which is one of my favorites. I mean, it's an extra night, and I, I love the Mac. I feel like it's Big Ten Junior, I always call it. So getting off on a tangent here. So Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. And then uh, my other one is uh, Jason Candle from Toledo. Um, he has just been very consistent there and done really well, won a few MAC championships and uh, they're in first place in the MAC right now. So he's done really well there. Got a lot of Midwest ties, followed uh, Matt Campbell there and has continued to do well. So those are my three. I thought about, you know, of course, if you could get Lance Leipold, everybody wants him right now. So we would probably end up overpaying for him. (laughs) So um, I looked at Toledo too, a little bit. I mean, that, yeah, it's a, it's a good pick. Yeah. So I don't know if I could pick one though, I'd be going after Jamie Chadwell from coastal Carolina. If if I could, that is if I don't have an internal promotion, but I think we need, we need some change there. We need to change some things up pretty desperately, whether that, you know, be uh, just offensive coordinator, offensive line. But I think we all can agree that there needs to be some changes in Iowa city right now, but it's at that point in this podcast it's the week eight matchups brought to you by Meyer Electric. The week eight matchups brought to you by Meyer Electric. Shockingly, shockingly good service since 1833. Meyer Electric coming at you. All right, boys. <laughs> Thanks again to Meyer Electric for being such a great loyal sponsor. Um, I got an email while we were on here that they aren't excited about our um our new sponsor duty calls and the flatulence that they play for their commercials so um duty calls will not be back going forward on the next podcast that was a one one and done thing so but duty calls thank you for you know the one-time sponsorship for for that segment all right boys we're, we're moving on now first game we're gonna pick get ready it's we're hitting midpoint of the season this is where champions are made. Who's going to bring home the title? Marty's in the lead. You can't let the rookie win in his first year. Okay. <laughs> he might. He's on a roll. Purdue. Yeah. How long has it been since I've been called a rookie at anything? It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time for everything, Marty. All right. Well, we'll talk to Karen. She might tell us otherwise. Oh, oh boom. Oh, boom. I'm man, just kidding, oh, man. I'm Karen, just... Karen. Karen, get in here. Tell the boys how great I am right now. All right. <laughs> I love you, Marty. You're the best. All right. Purdue, four and two. The Boilermakers, they just won this weekend. Beat the Huskers. Looking good. I got that one wrong. Um, going to Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin looked rough. Um, now Jim, Le- Jim Leonard's going to get that job or not. Wisconsin's three and three of the games at two 30 and, uh, Wisconsin's favored by one and a half. So it's essentially a pick them. Who's going to win Purdue at Wisconsin. Miller light delight. Who are you taking in this one? I, after I saw the shootout that they had against, uh, Nebraska last or Saturday, yesterday, Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going with Purdue on this one. I just think that uh, the way they're playing offense and uh, you know the stops that they do get, I just with a pick 'em like this or you know minus one and a half to Wisconsin, I just can't see Purdue not winning by three or more. Yeah, that's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one in Camp Randall. All right, the South. Who you taking? We got the Boilermakers going to Camp Randall to take on the Badgers. The Badgers are a one and a half point favorite. Well, I was kind of up in the air on this one, but since Matt's in last place and he took Purdue, I'm going with Wisconsin. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin controls the clock. I think they keep it on the ground. They're back at home, uh, and I, I, Purdue's a. Who knows what Purdue team shows up? So I think Wisconsin takes this one. 
you never know what Purdue team's going to show up. They always, you know, sit with this coaching regime that they have right now, they'll come out and they could look like the best team in America one week. And then the next week they look like they're not even going to make a bowl. Kyle, who are you taking in this one? The Boilermakers at the Badgers. I'm taking the Badgers on this one. All right. I'm just not feeling, the, I'm not feeling Purdue. Okay. I am. Um, who they show up for every weekend is when they play Iowa. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's true. Yeah. I don't know true. about Wisconsin, but we'll see. All right. Um, Matt, put me down for a couple Boilermakers. I'm going to go with Purdue in this one. I, uh, the world's largest drum is going to be spinning. They're going to bring it in there. They're going to bang the hell out of that thing. Wheel that thing right into the middle of the field. They're going to be going choo-choo all the way through with that little locomotive of theirs running through. <laughs> Remember we jumped on that and we were tailgating Matt and took a picture on it? Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. They brought us some jello shots when we were out tailgating. So they're, they're, they're a fun group. Purdue, if you want to go to a road game, you know, until we figure out how to beat them, I would suggest going to Purdue. It's a lot of fun. So, all right, Matt. Matt's uh, cracking a Boilermaker himself right now. Boom. All we're right. On Boilermakers on Seabass. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Seabass over there. They're, they're <laughs> on him. Um, Minnesota, four and two. Uh, Gophers laid an egg last week, as well as did Penn State. Penn State five and one. So Minnesota, PJ Fleck, they're going up to Happy Valley. James Franklin is already getting heat on him. Like that fan base is just not in love with him. Uh, Penn State five and one. They're favored by four and a half. This one's going to be a six thirty kickoff. Going to turn into a night game in Happy Valley, and that's always mm-hmm. intense. Kyle knows that. Maddie, who are you taking in this one? The Gophers at the Nittany Lions. Night game in Happy Valley. Beautiful. Taking Penn State. All right. Kind of hit or miss. You don't know what team's going to show up for them either now. So uh, Penn State's coming off a tough loss from uh, Michigan, and I think they're going to want to prove themselves and get back you know, back up that top 25 list again. So I am, I'm, I'm high on Penn State. Okay. All right. Matt is you and Marty. You gonna take the other one? <laughs> he's t- he's taunting you now, Marty. This is what he's doing. <laughs> he don't, is. Don't put he up is. with that. Do it. I I can't. I can't. I think you're right. It's a night game. The fans will be out with their white towels. I hate Penn State. Oh yeah. I despised them last year when I went to Iowa City and watched them fake all those injuries. I hate Penn State, but I think they'll uh, they'll beat Minnesota. All right, kicker the schlicker, one of our, not one of our, our favorite kicker in the history of Iowa football. Who are you <laughs> taking in this one, my friend? Penn State. I'm definitely taking Penn State. Penn State. All right. Uh, put me down for a Nittany line as well, Matt. I'm going to go with the old Penn Staters. I think they're going to, I think they're going to take this one. Just too much talent. Minnesota. Might have been playing with a fake ID. Did you see Minnesota just set up? I think it starts next year a home and home with Alabama. Yeah, I saw that's that. Crazy, Man, I, it's, it's that's a ways out. I don't think it's next year. I think it's I, like ten years from now. I thought it said twenty twenty three. I swear, maybe I thought wrong. I thought it said twenty. I could be wrong though. I think but that's I, right. I think it was twenty thirty three. Okay, maybe I read it wrong then. Okay, yeah, okay. it's out right. there a ways. Well, like who some knows? people are saying, who the heck knows what Alabama is even going to be like after Saban leaves in yeah. whatever, 10 years. I, uh, who knows what either one of those will be like at that point. That could be. No, Fleck might not even be there. Who knows? I mean, what most coaches don't make it that long. So um, I, I'd say odds are probably not. He either gets fired or does well enough that he gets a bigger job. So, right. Um, all right. Where are we at now? I got totally off base on this one. We're, we're picked in. We're locked in on that one. So that one's done. We're moving on. We got Indiana having another rough go of it. They're three and four right now. Coach is on the hot seat in Bloomington. They're traveling up to the armpit of America, Piscataway, New Jersey, to play Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers is a three-point favorite in this one. It's going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff at the Jersey Shore. Matt, who are you taking in this one? Indiana or Rutgers? Um, they they uh, played Maryland well enough for us to all pick that one wrong against the spread. I mean, Maryland did win, but uh, the spread was big enough. So I'm actually going with Indiana on this one. Rutgers has struggled 
uh, this year in certain games. I think Indiana's offensive firepower gets the job done. It is, uh, you know, not not a huge spread on it. So mm. I think right. I think they can get it done. Uh, Marty, did you know that I can't believe this is true that Rutgers has not won a Big Ten game at home since joining the conference? What? Yeah, can you believe that? I Did they not. brought they brought up that stat when they were playing Nebraska and they they were like oh Rutgers is going to get their first Big Ten home win in conference play uh, since joining the conference I'm like wait what they haven't won a home game in the Big Ten and think about it they've been horrible since they've been in the Big Ten I think they've squeaked out a couple road wins periodically yeah. over the years but I could not believe they haven't won a game at home in conference since joining the joining the conference now. If I'm wrong on this, let me know. But I re- I vividly remember them saying that during the broadcast against Nebraska. Um, it also was maybe about four or five Tito's deep at that point. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I remember. Um, Marty, who are you taking in this one? The Hoosiers against the Scarlet Knights. The uh, Rutgers favored by three. Well, I'm going opposite a loser, and I'm going to take Rutgers. Oh, man. <laughs> take that. Rutgers, wow. Rutgers, Rutgers at home. Name Marty. <laughs> Marty's getting honorary. Oh, that's rough, man. <laughs> Marty, again, you're showcasing why you're one of my favorite human beings <laughs> on the planet Earth. All right, Kyle, who are you going to be picking in this one? I've got Indiana. Okay. Going to go with the Hoosiers on this one. I got some good friends of mine that went there and were there when I was there. And I ended up, you know, in the future working with them and becoming great friends. And so it's nice to see, you know, and this particular guy, you could probably look him up, Kenny Kendall. He was uh, number 92. He's a defensive lineman for Indiana. When we played, there's a picture of him like coming this close to blocking one of my uh, extra points. Um, but I ended up uh, working with him at Naval Special Warfare for like six, seven years. Great dude. Now he's cool. on the Chicago SWAT. Nice. Very cool. Indiana is a fun place to go. Love it is. Bloomington was fun. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Matt, put me down for Rutgers. I'm going to take Rutgers in this one. I've watched both teams play this year. I feel like Rutgers is on the rise. The record's not indicating, not really showing that right now, but I think uh, Rutgers is more of a stable football team right now. Indiana went through the approach like Nebraska did. Indiana, about half their roster's transfers from other schools. So they're a little bit of the island of misfit toys, and it is hard to get a team to gel when you have that many transfers. Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Scarlet Knights. All right. All right, guys. The next one on the docket. Got the Northwestern Wildcats. They're going to be wearing Kyle's favorite color to Maryland. The (laughs) purple people eaters are going to be going up to Maryland. Maryland's favored by 13 and a half. Maryland's five and two. Northwestern is, again, terrible. So they're bad this year. They're probably going to win the West next year. That's usually what they do. Um, Matt, Northwestern one and five at Maryland, who's five and two. Maryland's favored by 13 and a half. Who are you taking in this yeah, one? That's a lot of points. Um, it's a lot of points. But Northwestern is struggling pretty bad. Um, Maryland has been playing well. I think they're going to get it done. Okay. Maryland. Yeah, taking the fighting turtles. Fighting All right. turtles. Oh, geez. Go. Why am I having a hard time remembering it? Who is the Mar- – what's the Maryland coach's name again? He's only been there a couple years. You and me both. Oh, geez. He's doing a great job. He's a Maryland alum. He was an assistant at Alabama. Um, Mike Loxley, that's his name, um, doing a great job. And that, again, you never know when you bring a guy in if it's going to be a great hire or not. You know, I thought when they hired him, I'm like, okay, that was a bad hire. They're not going to do well. He's proven me wrong, proven a lot of other people wrong, too. So, um, they're in the right direction. All right, it's time for the South. Marty, who are you taking on this one? Northwestern at Maryland. Surprisingly, I think Matt chose one right, so I'm going to go with Maryland. <laughs> gonna I'm going to go with Maryland. <laughs> it's a lot of points, but I think, Nor- I, I, I think Northwestern spiraling, so I'm okay. going with Maryland. All right, Kyle. Matt's getting bit beaten pretty. Beat, getting beat, beat, getting beat, get, beat down. Getting beaten up pretty bad on this podcast by the sauce. Now, who are you taking in this one? The Wildcats at the Turtles. 
you know, I don't know much about Maryland. Um, I just think it's really weird that they're in the Big Ten. But uh, I'm going to take Maryland on this. I mean, that point spread, I, I don't know if they're going to cover it, but it says something. There's people smarter than us making those numbers. So yeah. it must mean something. Good, good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vegas wins a lot more than they lose. So that's something that we need to remember. They, they wouldn't be there still if they yeah. lost. Look at how beautiful all those buildings are down there and everything that they have. They they built that on losers like us. So that's, that's where that comes. Losers like me. So, um, right, Marty. It's not over yet. (laughs) If if you come back and beat him, Matt, you better run your mouth so much. That would be different from when. Yeah. Well, touche. Bring that. (laughs) We're gonna get when you get that belt and you win. I want you to wear it around Marty every time you see (laughs) it. Bless you, big boy. Um, You're gonna have to have him polish it for you and everything if if you end up winning. So. that's gonna be fun. All right, um, Matt, uh, put me down for Maryland. I'm gonna be taking Maryland in this one. I just, I think Maryland's a much better football team right now, and uh, we're moving on to our final pick of the week, the biggest game in the United States of America. It might set college football back another hundred years. It is the Iowa Hawkeyes traveling to Columbus to the Horseshoe. To play the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, are a Hawkeye and a Buckeye related? I don't think so. Ohio State 6-0. This game's at 11 a.m. Ohio State is favored by 29 points. <laughs> Woo! I don't even think we've scored 29 points all season, hardly. Um, going to give we you guys... close some... once, I think. Now, I'm going to give you guys... scored two touchdowns. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys some stats here, okay? Because I want you to have the most informed pick you possibly can going into this one because we're rabid Hawkeye fans okay we're critical of some things okay that's fine doesn't make us bad fans we love the Hawks but our hearts and our love for the black and gold clouds our judgment sometimes when we make picks sometimes it's just just a lot of times most of the time maybe all the time I don't know okay speaking for myself so I'm gonna give you some stats just to give you a little background of what we're walking into here um <laughs> one of the largest stadiums in division one college football it's gonna be rocking it's gonna be loud big nuts gonna be there with his face painted his buckeyes around his neck everyone's gonna be crazy it's gonna be loud beers are gonna be slinging it's gonna be a lot of fun Matt and I are not gonna be there we're we're staying in the Nebraska Hawks nest we're gonna hide because we're not going to go to that public lashing that we'll get there. We're, we're, we're sitting this one out. Um, right now, the Iowa Hawkeyes are averaging 14.7 points a game, which is, I believe, dead last in Division I college football. The Ohio State Buckeyes are averaging 48.8 points a game. When I see that stat... That makes me want to puke. That's like, I, I need some Tums. I don't feel good. It's bad. Um, <laughs> Iowa, the University of Iowa Hawkeye football program, we're averaging uh, overall 238 yards a game. Um, the Ohio State Buckeyes are averaging 539. <sighs> I'm not good at math, but I know that's a big difference in numbers. So that's a large number. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Um, and then Iowa passing yards, we're averaging 156 and a half passing yards a game. Now, this one looks like a larger number coming from um, Ohio State. Ohio State averages 316 passing yards a game to our 156 and a half. Now, again, that sounds like a lot more. Um, Iowa, 82 rushing yards a game. 82 rushing yards a game. That's we're not even going to go there. We know what that is. Ohio State's 228 rushing yards a game. So that's what we're going into here, boys. Um, who are we taking right now? The Miller Light Delight. Iowa, 3-3, three and three, going to Columbus. Ohio State's favored by 29. It's a lot of points. Um, with my Iowa Hawkeye clouded judgment, I am going to put my money on the defense, keeping it under that spread. Okay. Yeah, they're good enough, I think, that they're going to hold them. As long as they don't get so tired from so many three and outs, which is probably going to happen, Yeah. they just can't do it anymore. But I'm taking Iowa. 
against those points. They're going to be fired up to go in there. They're, they know it's a big game. It is at Ohio State. There's going to be a lot of noise in their in their face, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm picking I'm I'm putting my money on the defense and special teams to uh, keep it closer than 29 yeah. points. All right, the sauce himself. Who are you taking in this one? You've been to Ohio State. You know what they what they bring to the table. You know what that environment's like. Yeah, uh, it was an 11 o'clock game too. Tell us who you taking in this one. The Buckeyes are favored by 29, 11 a.m. kickoff. Do you guys did you guys see what channel is this one on? Uh, I don't know. Telemundo. I'll find out. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, sauce. Who you who you taking in this one? Uh, I'm going opposite of Matt. Um, I think this is the post-game uh interview that Kirk's gonna have to answer questions because I don't think it's going to be even close to 29. Uh, Ohio State remembers that I'm sure if they don't remember, they will remind everyone about the 55-24 lashing in Iowa City in 2017. Yeah. So I'm going with Ohio State, and I think I think they're gonna they're gonna beat up my my Hawkeyes by 40 to 45 points. I think it's gonna be an absolute blowout. All right, Kyle, who are you taking Some in Fox, this one? By the way. It's on Fox. Oh, national national TV. Yep. All right. Well, you Kyle. guys, you guys know I hate Ohio State with a passion. Um, I never would have guessed that from the picture you sent me of you flipping off the Ohio State logo. I just that's shocking. Yeah. That, yeah. It's uh. Anyway, it, it's a great city, but uh, great city to be you know take your kids to. But anyway, you know, again, all the stats. I get it. My clouded judgment. I have a feeling that this is going to be a history maker for Iowa. I think this is going to be one we talk about for many years. A history maker. Really? So you're going to Iowa. I am going to Iowa. Whoa. What, oh, man. What, what kind of medication are you on? Because I want some. <laughs> Kyle, what, what, you, think, you think the Hawks are going to pull out the win or just come in, in the sp- within the spread? I think they're going to uh, they're going to pull out the win. I mean, I think that, you know, they're going to get it done somehow some way. I don't know. I'm just feeling it, man. I love the positive energy. <laughs> I love the positive energy. They're going to have to score points on offense. Hey, I'm an op- you guys, I'm an optimistic realist. I All understand right. science, I understand sat- stats. But I'm just feeling this one, man. ESPN has us as a 4.5% win opportunity so you're saying there's a chance so what's all this one in a million talk yep, <laughs> yeah exactly. what's all that one in a million talk all right kyle i i love it you know i love it i love the the little bit of positivity you might be a certifiably insane but <laughs> I, I love you for it um i still, still want to know what he takes in the evening yeah, maybe when we get off the podcast he can let you know sure um i'm gonna still be t- hung over from last weekend yeah maybe i don't know we've all been there Yes, sir. Woo. All right. You know, you got, I'll, Adam. I'll tell you a trick that's helped me a lot. I, I mix water in with the Tito's, and, man, I feel way better the next time. <laughs> that's a big, big difference. It was a game changer for me. A hydration. Key. Yes, very much so. Uh, I'm going with Ohio State in this one. Um, I, I think the defense is going to hold them. <laughs> periodically throughout the game i I tend to think that when game are the first drive of the game i feel like we let them get away with a lot more than we normally do so we can kind of see their hand and see what they're going to be running you know and how the flow is going to go and i feel like almost every possession this year they either get down to the red zone kick a field goal you know something they get down there and get a lot of progress but i think we're going to buckle up and, you know, the defense is going to stay strong for us. The offense probably isn't going to do anything. Uh, let's be honest. It's Ohio State. We can't even open up holes against South Dakota State. You know, we're not going to be able to do that. I mean, let's be honest. The the miracle that Kyle talks about, I hope it happens. That'd be amazing. That'd be so cool to see. But I just think we're going to break and the floodgates are going to open. And the defense is going to get exhausted. And they have some thoroughbreds. Uh, at running back and at wide receiver that we're just not going to be able to cover. And they're going to unleash on us. And like Matt said, they're going to talk about the woodshed game. They're going to bring that up. I bet that's been pinned up in the locker room 
all week. They're coming off a bye week too. So they've had two weeks to prepare for us. So, you know, look for this one to be a rough go of it, but I hope we do pull it out. So, all right, boys, any big plans for the game this weekend? Marty, you're going to Florida, right? Yeah. Marty's watching that. I'll be watching that disaster from a disaster area. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Marty's making the trip to Del Boca Vista. And he's going to be down there living the the luxury retirement life, which I am aiming to accomplish someday. Again, like I always say, I want to be Marty when I grow up. Um, Kyle, you got any big plans? Selling homes, cashing checks, breaking necks? Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants, too. My wife is the master scheduler, so I don't know what's going on tomorrow. Other than I'm going to be doing real estate stuff, but I typically find out in the morning. All right. All right. And then <laughs> um, I just want to make a public service announcement that the Miller Light Delight will be coming to Nebraska and he will be live in the Nebraska Hawks Nest. So um, we might be hitting the live towel. from Omaha in the Nebraska Hawks Nest. The it's- Miller Light Delight. Yeah. So we might be hitting the. T- you know what? I'll tell you what. If we do win this game, you will probably go downtown or go out. And we're going to party like we won the national championship. So, Marty, you might have to call him bail us out. Okay. I was going to say, sh- shocking. You yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, Can we, we like phone to- a friend if we get thrown in the clink? Yeah. yeah we better. Sure. All right, guys. Let's beat, the, let's beat the Buckeyes this week. All right. All right. Go Hawks. All right. Go Hawks.